Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrow, with my co-host, Jordan Lopez. J-Mac is not able to make this episode. He's a little bit busy um, with school and everything. Um, we'll have him on the next one. Uh, but, Jordan, great to uh, have you back on, or the both of us. I know we took a little bit of a brief hiatus um, from the show a few days, about three days. But we are back on the show. We're going to be back with the content and everything. Um, I know uh, me and J-Mac had some uh, birthdays the last few days. Um, he's at, It's kind of crazy that he's only three days older than me. Like on the on the dot, it's kind of crazy. Um, but Jordan, how are you doing, man? It's good to have you. Be, uh, good to you know be back with you on the show. We have a lot to talk about today. Kind of a fun episode. I know uh, we're in the midst. Um, you know, following a bye week, the Broncos are gonna be playing on Monday. So it's been a really, it's actually been a really, really long time since the Broncos last played. And then we have to wait in another day. Uh, not this Sunday, but then we got to wait another day for a Monday night football. And it's not, of course, it's a night game. So it's been a, it's been a while. So how have you been uh, without Broncos football, Jordan? I mean, first things first, if you're listening to this right now, go to the comment section. If you didn't wish Amir a happy birthday or a J-Mac, jam it up in the comments, please. I'm, I'm just asking you, just wish him a happy birthday. These guys had a good birthday. Let's keep on with the with the cel- uh, celebration of them. Uh, in other words, I've been doing good. The bye week has been long and dreadful. I'm not going to lie. I thought I wouldn't miss Broncos football just because how painful it can be. I'm not gonna lie. On Sunday, I was kind of missing it. I was kind of missing the 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 feeling of you know starting good off in the first quarter, then finding some way to lose in the second half. Like I actually miss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It. I missed the pain, um, but luckily enough, I am a fan of UM and uh, their football team, so I just got that pain the day before. So everything worked out pretty good for me. But yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Oh, it's hilarious! Uh, yeah, I think you missed uh, watch, watching the Broncos crap on the middle eight. It's always fun seeing them oh, yeah. start off. The script is so amazing. And once they get to that middle eight point, they're like, "Oh yeah, Jordan said we have to be good in the last uh, four minutes of the first half, first four minutes of the second half. Let's go ahead and just start turning the ball over, going three and out." It's I, I miss it, man. It's it's so fun. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> No, all jokes aside, though, like this Sunday, there were some really good games. Like Josh Dobbs, yeah. absolute dog. I mean, uh, CJ Stroud, a dog. There were some really good games. That Texans Bucks game might be the best game I've watched all year. Um, yeah. I mean, who who would have thought? Honestly, um, there's some really good games this past week, but at the same time, man, it kind of felt boring not being able to cover the Broncos. Like writing my stock report, right? Uh, you know, recording episode with you guys, talking Broncos that day on Twitter and everything. Kind of missed it. So looking forward to this uh, upcoming Monday night. The Broncos are going to be on prime time for the next two weeks in a row. So a lot of NFL fans are upset by that. Um, I know I'm kind of nervous because the Broncos haven't been great in primetime the last uh, this year and last year. So I'm looking forward to hopefully uh, changing that narrative. But before we go and jump into our episode today, um, let's go ahead and start giving off uh, or actually let's go and jump in everything and start giving off our offensive player rankings through the first eight games of the season. I know me and you, we did uh, positional grades uh, for each position. So let's go and start ranking our players who we think are the best players on the offensive and defense side of the ball and then stay till 
stay tuned to the very end. We're going to list players who absolutely need to step up in the second half of the season if the Broncos actually want to make a serious uh, push for the playoffs in a very, very competitive um, AFC conference. Um, so starting off uh, with me on the offensive player rankings, I'm going to go ahead and go from five and then count down that way. Um, so from my number five player, I'm going to go with Cortland Sutton, wide receiver. I mean, he's just been a red zone monster this year, six touchdowns, like third or fourth in the NFL. I'm not too sure how it looks after the bye week, but he's regardless, he's like top five in the NFL and touchdowns. I mean, him and Russell Wilson, I always say it, they perfected that scramble drill, you know, down to the T. They have really, really good chemistry. Um, definitely the best on the team. Um, I think Corlin's son has been a very, very reliable target in the red zone this year. And he definitely uh, made me eat my words um, when it came to, you know, you know, wanting to trade him because of that contract and everything. He's been a he's been definitely a reliable option in the red zone. You know, outside of the 20 yard line, he has made some good plays, hasn't been the most reliable. I know he had that game a few weeks ago where uh, he, he fumbled twice and kind of cost the Broncos. But um, at the same time, I think over the course of the season, leading the team in receiving yards, um, obviously leading the team in targets. Um, I think he's uh, definitely been a good option for the Broncos this year, kind of living up to that contract. I wouldn't say he's all, you know, completely lived up to uh, the number numbers he's making around 16 million. Um, but I would put him at five. Number four, I'm going with right guard Quinn Miners. Zero sacks allowed this year. 76.8 PFF grade. Um, he's been a dog this year. Just I think he definitely is uh, our, one of our top five players on offense. Ben, uh, honestly, uh, yeah, I would definitely say our best run blocker this year. Him, McGlinchey, Ben Powers. I mean, all of our offensive linemen have been great in run blocking, but I think him in particular has been really, really good. Um, you know, you know, up front with uh, Javante Williams and Jula McLaughlin. I think he de definitely deserves a lot of love. 76.8 PFF grade. That's it's it's good for a lot of you guys that don't know PFF grades. I, I know Jordan always talks about, you know, kind of just using PFF as kind of like a baseline. We're not really saying I'm not putting, you know, Quinn Miners at four just because he's a 76.8 in a PFF. But I mean, the, the low amount of pressure is allowed, zero sacks allowed. I mean, he's taking a massive step uh, forward in pass, bro. So I would definitely put him at number four. Number three is going to be Jaleel McLaughlin. I think he's been super, super good this year for the Broncos. 7.1 yards per carry and a limited amount of our opportunities. Three total touchdowns, leads all of our running backs. I mean, he we have a, we found a serious gem in him. We talk about him all the time on the show. Um, I think he's going to be here for a long time in uh, Broncos country, as long as we continue to utilize him properly under Champagne, which I don't have any doubts with. Number two for me is going to be Javante Williams. 357 rush yards, despite you know not being 100% until the last uh, two weeks. Starting in Green Bay was the first game where he really started to you know feel like himself again. Um, four yards per carry, um, just playing really really good football this year behind you know really good run blocking offensive line. I think he definitely deserves a lot of love, and I think honestly he might be our best skill position player. Um, you know outside of maybe Jerry Judy, but in terms of this season, number one for me. I know Jordan probably isn't too happy about it, but. Um, number one for me is Lloyd Cushenberry leaving out Jerry Judy on my list. Um, I think Lloyd Cushenberry, man, is that I don't think m many people can honestly argue with it. I think he's been our best offensive player this year by a wide margin. He is just playing really like top five center in the NFL type football. I mean, he's been playing lights out. No, uh, no pressures allowed the last three weeks. Only one sack allowed. 
um, this entire season. According to PFF, they didn't allow, they didn't record that as a sack allowed. Um, so take that how you will with their metrics and everything. But just you know, regardless of ceiling, uh, you know, right now is one sack allowed, hardly any pressures allowed. Just really, really good. Like I said, in uh, run blocking and pass blocking, just all around our best offensive lineman, despite being our lowest paid offensive lineman. Um, you know, I, I'm not too sure how that looks. Him and Quinn Miners are both third round picks, so their contracts are relatively uh, similar. But compared to Mike McGlinchey, Ben Powers, Garrett Bowles, he's getting paid significantly less, but playing significantly better, especially in pass pro, playing much better than Garrett Bowles and uh, Mike McGlinchey. Granted, those are in different positions, but he's gone up some against some really, really, really tough competition. Chris Jones twice, some other really, really good players like uh, Quinn and Williams. So I think he definitely he deserves a lot of love, and I think he's been. Uh, not only our best offensive player this year, but just a top like three player on our team this season. Well, I like that list a lot. That that top five is pretty good. Uh, I know that we're we're gonna have some different uh, spots and where we put the players, but I think in all in all, when I look at it, I think we have the same five, just different order. Uh, so with my top five for the offense, uh, number five is Cortland Sutton. Uh, I thought I think he's been playing really good. I know uh, a lot of people will be surprised that I do not have my own guy uh, at five or in any of the spots at all. But just because of numbers-wise, I I have to put Corlin up there. I have to give him his fair share of uh, respect. He's been balling out, especially in the red zone. So all respect to him. He's at five for me. Number four, I have Javante Williams at four. I was thinking about putting him higher, but I just had him at four just because I think he's going to have a bigger second half of the season. The first half, I know he was a little shaky to start, but I mean – for him to even be out on the field at this point with the injury he had, I'm just happy that he's on the team right now. He's playing and he's healthy. So I have him at four. Number three, I have Lord Cushenberry. I know you have him at your number one. I had him at number three just because I think the other two I'm about to mention has been playing, you know, a lot better. And, you know, I'll just get to it. But Cushenberry has proven me wrong. And I know if people have listened to other episodes, prior episodes, I did say that Alex Forsyth was going to take over his job. Uh, if he did not play well, and boy, was that wrong. And at least I am happy I did mention in those episodes, I hope Cushenberry does prove me wrong, and here we are now. He's proven me wrong, and I'm more than glad to eat my words on that. Number two, I have Jaleel McLaughlin. He's been an absolute dog, a, a gem for this offense, absolute weapon. Champagne knows how to utilize his running backs, and Jaleel McLaughlin's being utilized uh, one of the best ways right now on the offense because there's a lot of playmakers on this offense not being utilized correctly, but he is for sure one of them that he is. I do believe he's going to have a big uh, second half of the season with Javante. Uh, with my number one guy, I'll be going to Quinn Miners. I am a huge Quinn Miners guy. It looks like every single game, especially with us running the ball as of late, he's just pancaking guys left and right. I think by far he's our best offensive lineman. I know Kushberry has had a great season, but I think Miners has had a better season. And his run blocking is just tremendous. And I think right now he's our best rated offensive player. Interesting. I love it. I was definitely considering putting him at uh, two rather than um, four. But, yeah, he's had an all-around fantastic season. A lot of people don't know one of our first episodes, we actually had him on the show um, when he was a rookie. So uh, that that was uh, that was really cool. Um, or not when he was a rookie, his, his sophomore season. But regardless, um, I digress. I mean, he, he's a great player. 
Uh, we can all definitely agree with that. I mean, him and Cushenberry, that's just an elite duo to have at the center and right guard spot. I mean, that's definitely probably our best duo on the team, just side by side. Um, so man, now what I wanted to mention, my honorable mention is uh, Jerry Judy. I know he, his stats haven't been the, the most perfect, but he has gotten open and that the wide receiver, you know, receiving yards is not a, a wide receiver stat uh, necessarily. I think that's more of a quarterback O-line stat um, as well. I mean, it's a, it's kind of like a three-way thing to make happen. So, um, Jerry Judy, he's he's gone. He's been easily the best at creating separation. I think he definitely deserves his love. Um, on the you know, he's not making my list. He's not cracking my list. But honorable mention. I'm not gonna lie. I actually did consider putting him at five. Can't even lie. But this is the overall like element of uh, Cortland Sun in the red zone. I did have to put Cortland Sun on the list. Um, he's just been really really good in that aspect. But Jerry Judy does make my honor- honorable mention. I think with uh with actually getting targets to the first I don't know how many games he could actually be like number three or two on this list. Yeah, I mean it, it's just such a shame. I, I mean obviously I have him on my honorable mention list as well. It's just he needs to get the ball. It's not his fault that he doesn't get the ball because he's obviously wide open. But uh, again, like how he said, he can only con- control what he can control. And right now, I feel, I honestly do feel regret not putting him in my top five. But again, if you just look at the numbers, you kind of have to, even though the numbers is not his fault. But I will say, uh, he's played seven games this season. And I think Sutton has played eight. And Judy's like only like 50 yards less than Sutton right yeah. now. The whole season. So, I mean, he's obviously catching up. And uh, it does seem with the lack of, targets he does get he still manages to put up 50 yards of receiving or more almost every game and I know I mentioned that uh, rate of consistency last time uh and how like Emmanuel Sanders has done that like once throughout a whole season with a certain number so you know those those stats are, are quite interesting but yeah he's on my honorable mentions list as well yeah, the eye, eye in the sky don't lie, just like you said. Um, def- defensive player, the rankings, I'm going to go ahead and start at five. Number five for me, and guys, I struggled so much with this list. Like, I literally was sitting there for like 20 minutes trying to like sort out these these bottom like four players. Like, my guy, uh, honorable mention, I honestly considered putting him at number four. Like, it was... Yeah, that it's the number three, four, or five, and then my honorable mention. Don't like get mad at me for putting one guy this by that spot because honestly, I see them all interchangeable. So I'm just gonna go and start off listing number five. I got Jonathan Cooper. Um, he he's got like four sacks this year. Um, I, I think him just setting the edge and being our best run defender in terms of our pass rushers makes me put him on this list. I almost put him as my honorable mention and not on the list, but just his, his run defense is really, really good. So I had to put him on this list. You can't just, you know, consider as being uh, uh, only, you know, the pass rushing aspect, really good setting the edge, much better, honestly, than Baron Browning and Nick Benito, if I'm being honest. So he does deserve his love in that aspect. Number four, for me, is going to be um, the guy who I've been raving about all offseason and is really coming into his own as of late as our nickel corner is cornerback Jaquan McMillan. Um, last two weeks has been just lights out, taking over for uh, you know the wave to St. Bass, who's now on the Chargers. Um, and then K1 Williams is obviously uh, out for the year. I think he's really, really stepped into his own as an undrafted, um, you know, second year player out of uh, Eastern Carolina. So I, I like a lot what he's looked like the last uh, two weeks. Um, we'll need to see him, you know, consistently be that over the second half of the season. 
Um, but you know, I have no reason to believe that he won't. But in terms of just like putting him this low rather than putting him at like number three, maybe it's just because he kind of struggled a little bit uh, in that Chicago game, and then you know a little bit previous to that as well. So um, I think any any corner like that is going to struggle as well. You can't really put that too much on him. Very very young, you know, just this early into the year stepping in to his starting role. Um, so number four for me is going to be Jaquan McMillan, huge fan of his. Number three is going to be Nick Benito for me. Um, he's got four and a half, or excuse me, five and a half sacks on this year. Um, he had like four and a half of them through like two weeks or three weeks, something like that. Um, so he has not been the greatest run defender. He has made flashes. Um, and that's the, another thing is like him and Jonathan Cooper are tied with 13 pressure. So I really could have put Nick Benito at number five. Honestly, I kind of like Nick Benito, or excuse me, I kind of like Jonathan Cooper a little bit more than Nick Benito in some aspects, just because he's a better run defender and he's a little bit like more complete and not just kind of like a flashy guy who can kind of just dip underneath you and get some, uh, you know, flashy sacks. But Jonathan Cooper kind of brings a little bit more finesse and technique. Um, but both of these guys are uh, tied for 13 pressures. I think that's like 1.6 pressures per game. The reason I'm putting Nick Benito above him is because. Frank Clark and Randy Gregory were taking snaps from him. Jonathan Cooper was the starter at the beginning of the year. So I think Nick Benito's only started like two or three games this year. So just because of that, he's played like 69 or um, like 63 less snaps than Jonathan Cooper this season. So because of that, the fact that they've had similar production and he's played like 70 less snaps, I am going to put Nick Benito like two spots higher than him. That's kind of my reasoning there. Um, and just all around, just getting to the quarterback, he has been better than uh, Jonathan Cooper. I think he's had a few more quarterback hits as well. So number two is going to be Justin Simmons for me. Um, I know they didn't start off the greatest to start the year, but you saw what this defense and secondary looked without him. I mean, that just shows you what his value is to this team. So it's without a doubt that he's number two to me. The number one, I think I, I don't think a single Broncos fan will disagree with. Pastor Tan just lights out. He's going to be first-team All-Pro again. He's going to be a Pro Bowler. Whatever award is out there, give it to him because he's one of the best players in the NFL. I mean, just look at what A.J. Brown said the other day. I mean, I did see that. Now that's A.J. Brown and then I think Devontae Smith as well. Both Eagles receivers have said that PS is the best corner. But who are we? I mean, didn't other uh, media analysts try to tell us that like he's like the third or fourth best and Jalen Ramsey's the best and all. Yeah, pretty, pretty wild. But I do like that list. I do like that list. Now here comes my controversial list of defensive uh, top five. I am probably going to get some heat for it. And uh, I don't know, just bring it on uh, in the comment section. Uh, At number five, I have Zach Allen at number five. I think he has not gotten any love from any of the fan base, or at least he should be getting more, I should say. He's been getting held a lot. And when I say a lot, I think I'm underselling it. Like, he's getting held nearly almost every play. And I know that doesn't show up in the stat sheet, but he does have a lot of pressures. I mean, Zach Allen right now at 26 total pressures. He's up there with Nick Benito. Uh, Jonathan Cooper has 22. So he has 17 hurries, quarterback hurries, which is actually the highest on the team. So the guy's been balling, man. He's been balling. I think he should get some more love. That's why he's at number five for me. At number four, he should be higher on my list if I'm being quite honest, but I have him at number four is Jaquan McMillan. I think it's an obvious one that he makes the top five. Again, I'm kind of hating myself for putting him at number four, but he's been balling out. I think he he's changed the defense a bit, the way he's played, especially getting more snaps. Uh, I know on PFF, and I, again, we say this all the time, take it as a baseline, not as a for real thing, but PFF has him as the highest graded defensive player for the Broncos. 
So at least he's getting love one way or the other. So for me, he comes in at number four. At number three, and I think this is where things are going to start getting a little bit more interesting. Number three, I got my guy, Justin Simmons. I have him at number three and at number two just because I know he missed that Miami game and because of injury and stuff like that. Listen, I understand. The guy is the – and I, I would say this. He's the best safety in the league. I forgot who mentioned it the other day. I think it was Jordan Poyer, how he like kind of idolizes yeah. Justin Simmons in a way. He watches his tape, and now he play, they play each other on Monday. That's going to be fascinating. I mean, they don't play against each other, but you get what I mean. Um, but I think he's the best safety in the league. I would just put him at three just because I think things were a bit shaky to begin the season, but he's really turned it up a notch at the end of the first half. So I would put him at number three. At number two, and bring it on because he's only played two games. So I know. I know How is. This guy at number two, he's only played two games. Just listen. Baron Browning is at my number two spot. He has been a difference maker on this defense. He is by far our most talented pass rushing pass rusher on the team. And the two games that he has played, it's been more than a difference. I mean, it's literally game-changing the way he has played. And just for those two games he's played, he's strictly at number two. And if I really want to be controversial, I would say he's up for that number one spot. But just because... Just because I already know we have people going into the comment section right now and typing my name and trying to say something. But I do have Patrick Sutan at number one. Obviously, the guy's the best corner in the league. I got to put him at number one. He's been playing great this year. But I will say, for me, it was very tough between that top three with Justin Simmons, Baron Browning, and PS2 because you can shuffle some things around. But that's my top five. I yeah, Baron Browning. Honestly, when you think about it, he should be on the list because what he's done in two games is more valuable than what Nick Benito or Jonathan Cooper has done in like eight games. If we're being completely honest, so yeah, he really. He, he, I definitely would uh, change up my list and put him on there. My honorable mention was uh, Zach Allen. Um, I really struggled. I I considered putting him at five and also considered putting him at four. He like you said, he gets he gets held a lot. He he gets a lot of like um unrecorded pressures that I think when you look at tape, you kind of think of them as maybe pressures. Like he just kind of makes quarterbacks feel a little bit uncomfortable in the pocket. And I think, man, people really hated on the the reason I put him that low is because he didn't start off the season that great, for being honest. And you know, preseason leading up to the regular season, people had a lot of you know. Not a lot of uh, hopes, with it, a lot of doubts with him. But, man, the last few weeks he's really came on. And you can't just expect a guy that, you know, right off the bat to just be J.J. Watt. Like, you got to give him time to, uh, to 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 be Zach Allen. So um, I think he's really proven that, and he's kind of lived up to that contract, if we're being honest. He's been a big reason why the Broncos have been able to turn around the defense and generate pressure over the last two weeks, even though that – DJ Jones has had some flashes, but he hasn't been great. Mike Purcell has not been that great. Jonathan Harris has been – terrible he's been the worst player on our team tied with damari mathis i said in my uh i said in my article he has not generated a single quarterback hit you know well, he's he got one quarterback hit but hasn't generated a single quarterback hurry pressure or sack in eight games and playing like the majority of the defensive snaps just wild but regardless with no help zach allen is doing a lot so he does deserve uh love and that's why honestly like baron browning zach allen probably should have been on my list um but yeah, that, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and leave it there. Um, who do you have as your, your uh, honor, honorable mention? Honorable mention, I had Nick Benito just because I let him. I had him off the top five, so I think he would have come in like at number six and like Cooper like at number seven. 
but yeah, I have Bonito. I think I have to, you know, obviously he's been he balled he balled out in the beginning of the year when things weren't going right. He was only like our little, you know, star of shine or whatever you want to say. Yeah. Um, but I think he's been playing good, so that's why I have him as my honorable mention of this. And I would say, as I want to pose this little question to you, is it a coincidence that once Baron Browning did come back to the defense, not only did the defense start looking good, but we're also two and zero with him. I I think that just speaks to how good of a pass rusher he is. We and the I fact that like the first I don't know uh, six games of the season, the Broncos were like 30, 31st, thirty second, and pressure rate, and now it's jumping up with him here. And now we're only allowing fifteen point six points per game. I mean, he is making a big difference. So is Zach Allen, and a lot of these guys are stepping up, you know, because of that as well. So you you just need guys on your team like that. And the biggest thing with him, obviously, like we always say, is can he stay healthy? That's the, that's the biggest question with him. Um, yeah. But moving forward, let's go ahead and talk about players who have not been so great, who need to step go. it up. Uh, I was about to, you know, make that sound a little bit harsher, but players who need to who need to step up the second half of the season. It's about to get a little bit spicy. Um, these players that we're going to list, you guys need to, you know, kick it up a little bit. The, the, the next um, nine games of the season. Starting off, I'm going to go ahead and start off the list. Um, number one for me, um, and no order, by the way, but players who need to step up, Please, Mike McGlinchey, learn how to protect your your quarterback. Okay, there has been a a wild amount of snaps where I just see this guy being really really lazy in pass pro, but at the same time, he is amazing in run blocking. So that's the biggest thing with me. If we want to be an even better offensive line, Mike McGlinchey needs to be the one needs to be the reason that that happens. And a lot of you guys. I've kind of disagree with me on that. I don't know what you guys are seeing out there on tape or whatever, or if you are watching tape or just a lot of people out there. I'm not calling out the fans or in specific or anything, but there has been people who have came at me when in all reality, if you watch the tape, Mike McGlinchey has been kind of a reason that Russ has does have to fl- you know flush the pocket sometimes. So I think Mike McGlinchey does need to take take a step back up to uh, take a step up because he's making eighty seven and a half million dollars. So that that's the biggest thing with me. Like that contract, I'm already starting to second guess it. If not in the off season, I already was. So um, that that's my uh, one of my biggest players. Number two is Damari Mathis. Obviously, I, I mean, look, he only played eight snaps against the Chiefs uh, a, a week and a half ago. Um, but let's say something happens, knock on wood, Fabian Rogue does get hurt or something like that. Demar Mathis stepping in the game. You need to step up. You need to be perfecting these things in practice, and this needs to be, um, you know, focus, uh, you know, focus in practice for Demar Mathis. You know, be better in zone coverage, be better in man coverage, and just overall take it a step by step and being a better, um, you know, backup for this team. Um, because as a starter, he just not it, and it looks like he's not going to pan out for this team. Unfortunately, it, it would be because. Honestly, we thought this defense was never going to turn around. Maybe Demari Mathis ends up turning around and shocking us all once again. So I don't think he will just because he's been one of the worst rated corners in football. Um, but that's one of my second players. And my last player is tight end Adam Trotman. I know it's not the most popular one, but at the same time, he's been a great blocker. But in the receiving game, he has not been a factor at all. He's been actually a, a pretty a wild disappointment. Um, Greg Dulcich, I know uh, losing him is kind of, you know, put Adam Trotman in not the the greatest position at the same time. I don't think he's created much separation. I think I would like to see him step up, step up a little bit. I know we're a run first team and I know he's been a great blocker, but I would like to see him a little, do a little bit more uh, in the receiving game. Not, I'm not talking about like five receptions, 80 yards. I'm talking about just doing a little bit more in the past game. Man, I thought you were, we have a similar three and I did rank my three. 
by the way. So I, I, I am going to – oh, boy, that's going to be interesting. By the way, I, I like the three players that you picked. I do have two of those three players, so I will say that. Coming in at number three for me, I got Mike McGlinchey. This is an obvious one. He's had seven penalties so far this season. Six of them have been accepted. I mean, that is that's not a good stat to have right now. Obviously, we've seen the pressures he's allowed. He has not been playing good, so he's at my number three spot. My number two spot is Damari Mathis. I think you had him uh, in the same uh, category as well. Damari Mathis obviously needs to step up. I thought you brought up a great point. If Fabian Moreau does get hurt, or God forbid, PS2 or Jaquan McMillan or any of these guys get hurt, he's going to have to step up an even bigger role. So I hope he starts, you know, turning it around a bit. I think you made a great point as well when you said we never expected this defense to turn around a bit and look at them now. I think Damari Mathis can have that same trajectory uh, this season. So I hope uh, he's in that. And my number one guy that I need for him to step up. And boy, oh boy, I cannot wait. My number one guy is Russell Wilson. I like it. He's Listen, if we want to contend for the playoffs and – I know our identity is going to be running the ball. It still does not matter. If he passes the ball 20, 25 times, you're going to have to be really accurate. You're going to have to hit the guys that are open, and you have to step up. It's plain and simple. There are guys open, and you have clean pockets. The Our offensive line is not bad. Sometimes Wilson makes it bad. And I know there's going to be some heat on this. But I do have Russell Wilson as my number one guy that needs to step up because I believe this team can make the playoffs, if I'm being quite honest. The way they've been playing lately, this team can make it. And I will also add in the fact, I think the quarterback's holding them back. <laughs> I was just waiting for you to say it, man. Russell, yeah, Russell Wilson, we all we both agree in our post-game show after the Chiefs. And some people are saying that that bit was scripted. No, it's not. I mean, not. we literally we literally do these reactions like 15 minutes after the game. Like, well, yeah, we're gonna sit there and script the whole thing. But, anyways, Russell, yeah, Russell Wilson needs to step up. I mean, there's so many plays. I was watching film one of the one a few nights ago. Um, and man, there was just an, a, one slant where Judy just like wide open on a first down. He just thrown away to his back shoulder. Um, just way off way off target. And a, another handful of throws. Like, there's so many plays where I feel like he just uh, such a slow processor. I don't know. Like you're in your 12th or 13th season in the NFL, whatever it is. And this, the processing, the reading defenses, holding onto the ball too long, just patting the ball, kind of waiting for guys to get open when you really can anticipate a lot of these throws. He just doesn't, he doesn't do it. I don't, I don't understand to be honest. And there's even a, a few throws in that chiefs game where he completed it. And I know this is being harsh, but there's a throw where that throw to Jerry Judy, Honestly, that was kind of like a little bit like over, like underthrown. And for for being honest, like Jerry Judy really has to make a contested grab and go and get that. Like, th- there's just like a lot of throw. There's a lot of throws where I feel like it could be a lot more differently. And honestly, I feel like Jared Sidham could do a lot of the. We, me and you were talking before the show. Like Jared Sidham can make a lot of these throws to the running back screens, man. Like the last two weeks, we've actually found a lot of success with the screens. And you're telling me that even Ben DiNucci can't do that, like. I'm just at that oh, point. Where boy, like, oh boy, Amir, bro, oh. tell him, tell me we can't pick up a dude off the street and he doesn't make that same, th- you know, throw to the screen. 
Like I know, I know obviously some guy off the street, the street's not going to be able to sit back in the pocket like that. But what I'm saying is like a lot of quarterbacks can make these throws in the screens, dude. Like, and I will say, I'm going to be, and this is where I'm going to be fair. Jared Stidham and a lot of other quarterbacks in the NFL majority cannot step up and make a lot of these throws under pressure and, uh, you know, escape pass rush and, um, kind of improvise like Russell Wilson does. I mean, he's he's one of the best in the business. He gets paid like he does because he can improvise with the ball in his hands and, you know, evade pressure like he does. So I think in that aspect, we really do benefit from a quarterback like Russell Wilson. But besides that, like basic fundamentals and tr- being a traditional passer in the pocket, Russell Wilson really struggles to do it. I think the majority of it is because of how short he is. Also, number two is his IQ. I don't know why, whatever reason, his IQ is just taking a massive step back. So I would like for him, and I, I, I bet he did, but I would like to see a much more improved Russell Wilson from this bye week in terms of watching film, dissecting defenses, being able to process defenses very quickly, and making adjustments on the fly, and just getting to the line of scrimmage uh, much quicker, which they did do better against the Chiefs. But I want to see over the next nine games where this offense is playing better in the pass game because of Russell Wilson. I don't want to see the running back screens taking Jaleel McLaughlin, taking 20 yards for a first down because it's a Jaleel McLaughlin play. I want to start seeing this pass game being much more improved because of Russell Wilson. And the only way that's going to happen is if Russell Wilson steps up. Because Champagne's doing it, like you mentioned, I love that you always mention this, Champagne's doing an excellent job of managing his quarterback and making sure that this Russell Wilson is doing the best he can absolutely do with the scheme. Now the next step for him is how good, how well can you do Russell Wilson? How much more can you improve Russell Wilson? So I think Sean is doing everything he can right now. I think our running backs are doing everything they can right now. I think Jerry Judy, Corlin Sun are doing everything they can. Marvin Mims when he's out there. I mean, list all these guys. Offensive line is, like you said, it's top notch. I would like to argue it's like top 10, 12, maybe even top 10 unit yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. Like it, it's been excellent. So Russell Wilson. We had five turnovers, and we only were able to win by 15 points. There was some plays where you fumbled and nearly costed the Broncos games. You literally handed a field goal to the Chiefs at the end of the first half. I'm sorry, but this is the truth. You guys don't like to judge players when we win games, but as soon as we lose games, now all of a sudden you agree with us. you got to keep that same energy. That's where I'm going to leave off stuff at. Um, I like that you brought that up. I will say, just because I have him at my number one player to step up doesn't mean I think he's played really, really bad. Exactly. I also dog him, too. I'm just saying there's plays still to be made on the offense side of the ball, which is interesting when you look at it because I believe right now he's Russ is playing average right now. And people can take that as a good or a bad. But if you do take it as a good – and I still have him to be the number one player to step up. Imagine how good the offense can actually be if Russ can make these plays that we just want him to make. We're not telling him to be Patrick Mahomes and run everywhere and make these all, all these throws. Just make these simple throws. Make, make, hit the guys that are wide open. That's what I just mean. Again, I know he's playing average. And I know I have him at the number one player to step up. Doesn't mean he's playing really bad. He's playing average, which is decent, but there's still plays to be made out there. And that's why when the whole discussion and discourse of the Jared Stidham and Russ talk, it can get a bit heated and, and controversial at times. But I'm just saying there's still plays to be made out there. And I can only imagine how good the offense can actually be with the dominant running game that we've been having as of late with Russ starting to make these plays. And hopefully he does in the second half of the season. Our offense could be really good, like really, really good. 
But that's all I'm trying to say. I think that's a good way to wrap up the show. Uh, let us know in the comments what you guys think. If you guys disagreed with any of our takes, if you guys have a different list than us, let us uh, go ahead and uh, type your comments uh, down below of your list. Um, we'll go ahead and read and react to those. Um, but if you guys are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts as well, make sure you guys uh, leave a follow, uh, five-star rating, turn notifications on so you never miss an episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. And if you're on YouTube, like I said, leave a comment down below, leave a like and subscribe. Help us get to 2,000 subscribers. Um, you know, Commenting for the algorithm is huge um, for any channel, but we really, uh, really like to see your guys' comments because it helps us get out more on suggested feeds and helps us grow our channel is ultimately what we're trying to do. Um, so please, we want to ex expand our fan base. So if you can help us do that, that is greatly appreciated. Um, but with that being said, I'm your host, Amir Ferrell, with my co-host, Jordan Lopez. So the next episode, peace out, everybody. Peace.